Welcome to the Bleeding Cincy Red Podcast, Best Case, Worst Case Scenario Edition, where we focus on one player each episode during spring training and discuss what they've done for us in the past and what they will mean to the 2018 World Championship Cincinnati Reds. Who are we covering today, Robert? In this episode, we're going to talk about Scott Shebler. Chevy, go Reds. So we've got Scott Shebler, and Shebler was uh, acquired in that Todd Frazier trade that brought us Jose Peraza. And, of course, Peraza was the huge chip in that trade uh, that uh, apparently the Reds tried trading uh, Aroldis Chapman earlier in that same offseason to get Peraza, uh, and that fell through because of the the whole domestic uh, issue with uh, Chapman. But then uh, the Reds came back with Todd Frazier, got the White Sox involved, and were able to uh, land Peraza, who they coveted as uh, you know, the replacement for uh, either Cozart or Brandon Phillips. I think in the short term it was for Brandon Phillips. Um, but Scott Shebler was part of that deal, along with Brandon Dixon. And uh, he's been kind of a nice surprise uh, throw-in player for for that deal yeah i wonder if uh walt jockety and dick williams when they when they made this deal i I think they clearly knew a little bit more than the rest of us did i I think they had advanced analytics or just just maybe good eyeballs to see that there was some talent here coming over in scott shebler um i I always laugh we joke because one of my one of my good friends uh greg is a big shebler fan he thought he was going to be the superstar for the reds uh, in the future, and then when he didn't out of the gate, we gave him a hard time. But the truth is, uh, Shebler really has kind of come around, and he has put up fairly good numbers um, as the starting right fielder for the Reds. He's had some injury issues, but last year, really in his first full season as a Red, uh, he put up 30 homers, um, just under 70 RBI, and uh, had an on-base percentage, on-base plus sucking percentage of 791 um, in just 473 at-bats. Um, if my math is correct, had he played every day and not missed a chunk of August due to injury, um, I think he missed something like 20 games or so, he likely would have put up more, uh, about 100 more at-bats. And based on his race for the entire year, If my math is correct, and I'm a writer and a talker, so it may not be, but if it is, uh, that would have meant about seven more homers and about 15 more RBIs, and that would put him into that almost 40 homers range, and uh, you know we're talking 80 RBIs, and uh, I would call that a pretty damn good season for a guy making the league minimum. Yeah, definitely, and... uh... One interesting thing about Shebler is that he has dealt with a little bit of injury since he's been on the Reds team. But when he is healthy, 
his numbers are even better than, you know, the numbers that you just laid out. Uh, an interesting uh, article that I found from uh, the Red Reporter broke this down a little bit, um, where Shebler injured his shoulder this past season on June 3rd, and then, uh, you know, took the cortisone shot or whichever shot, uh, you know, to try to help with uh, the muscle relaxers or whatever, and tried to play through the pain. And, um, and I think he even might have played a little bit through the pain first before he took the shot and, and admitted they needed that. And um, from June 3rd, his next 45 at-bats, he only had two hits, which you, you don't really have to be a math major to know that will <laughs> significantly nosedive your numbers, whether it's for on-base percentage, uh, OPS, uh, batting average. It's just horrible you know <laughs> trying to play through this injury yeah you know and and you know and people people can understand i mean he's got uh, jesse winker nipping at his heels and uh, the minors you know and plus you know there's just the whole like trying to play play through the pain and be a tough tough guy tough cookie but when shebler uh in the same article when shebler was healthy prior to the injury his ops was a very robust 858, which is really good. And then the final 40 games, when he came back from the injury healed, he jumped right back in and had an 831 OPS. So this shows when he was healthy during the season, his uh, basement OPS is 830. I mean, that's that's really, uh, really great. And... Um, he was on pace for 40 home runs before he got injured. And I think there's that potential there. And, uh, uh, he has, he has done nothing, uh, but great things since, uh, because of Shebler, the Reds, when they got rid of Jay Bruce, um, uh, in 2016 and Shebler actually outperformed Bruce after he was, uh, traded and, uh, the reason Shebler even replaced Bruce is because he was outperforming Jesse Winker in AAA uh, when Bruce was let go. And I'm not saying that uh, Shebler is going to have a better overall career arc because Jesse Winker's younger and uh, you know highly touted prospect, and he and Winker's already shown in his limited time in the majors what he can do. But that doesn't minimize what Shebler does when he's healthy, and uh, and and really, it's a it's a great surprise. And he, he's not too shabby out in right field uh, uh, fielding as well. Yeah, you're a Shebler lover, I can tell. You're like my friend Greg. Yeah, hey Greg, <laughs> you're not gonna go out for a beer. We're gonna talk about how great Shebler is. Shebby. Our next hero. Uh, I like I like Scott Shebler. I, I am a fan of Scott Shebler, but I don't see him as a long-term piece for this team. Everything you said was absolutely true, and his numbers did prove out that when healthy, he was definitely the best offensive outfielder on this team. I, I don't think there's an argument about that. And you can make arguments that suggest that he is the guy you want to keep out there above everyone else. Uh, the arguments of he's younger at age 27 than Duvall is. Um, and he's, he's definitely offensively better than Billy Hamilton. Uh, he's going to make the league minimum for longer and cheap. He's so he's going to be cheaper. 
uh, in the coming years than Duvall is and then Hamilton already is. Um, so you can make those arguments. I would say that so far in the outfield, like his defense, he put up some really nice defensive plays. But overall in the outfield, I, I think he was definitely shakier than Duvall. Um, he was fourth. I, I will give him credit. He was fourth in putouts from right field with seven. Um, in fact, the, the whole Reds outfield was incredibly good at throwing runners out, which, uh, again, is one of my favorite things to watch in baseball. On the flip side, though, he was tied uh, for second worst with five errors out in right field. So he, he did have some shaky moments, and I think that that hurt him. Um, ultimately, errors aside, uh, what's very interesting about the numbers that you suggest is that he is a younger left-handed Adam Duvall with a, with a bigger upside. And in fact, if I read both their numbers from last year out loud and asked fans to tell me without telling you who is who, if we read their overall numbers out loud, uh, you know, I don't think most could tell the difference. In fact, I, I don't think I could have tell, tell, told the difference. And I, I think that's very telling of what uh, Shebler can do. The reason I am not as high on Shebler, um, and I don't think he's the, the piece that stays around in this outfield with the 1K I'd be out being if Billy Hamilton is is tradable. Uh, because if you can shift him over to center field, that's a little bit of a different story for me. Um, but assuming the right field battle goes on, uh, to me, he loses out in this because uh, we already have a Scott Shevler named Adam Duvall in the lineup. We, uh, we need another guy who's, in my opinion, who can be in front of Joey Votto and get on base and allow these big guys in the middle to knock them in. On the upside with everything you said, the one thing I do believe is Scott Shebler should have some decent trade value. Um, maybe I'm just misreading it because he's not a big name. Um, but, uh, you know, the fact that he has power and the fact that he is young and is controllable and when he is healthy, even though that is a big ding on him because he has not been able to stay healthy in this very young career. So it's hard to label him uh, as injury prone like a Homer Bailey or something like that. But um, he does seem to have value. And to me, to me, if there is value on a trade market for him where you could take advantage of it, I would absolutely can consider that uh, above everybody else other than probably Billy Hamilton. Yeah, I, I totally agree with uh, Shebler is probably the one who's most expendable um, in the outfield, uh, especially with uh, Billy Hamilton apparently not being tradable and, and <laughs> apparently Billy Hamilton's going to be a red for life. I'm not sure that I agree with that thought process, but that's uh, the story that's out there right now regarding Billy Hamilton is that he's uh, an, an untouchable uh, player. But if that's true, uh, I think especially with Duvall being a right-handed bat and being uh, so consistent and, uh, at the plate and also being such a good fielder, I think, you know, Duval is like one of those pieces that we want to keep unless uh, some trade comes along that just totally uh, knocks the Red Sox off. Um, I think that, that Shebler, because he's a left-hander and Winker's a left-hander and Winker is obviously uh, the future for the Reds uh, in right field that uh, Shebler's got to go. Um, the only thing I, I worry about with Shebler is that uh, I think he's a great player. And I think that if the more he got to play, the 
the more value the Reds could get for him uh, in a potential trade, uh, possibly during the season this year. Um, but like that, that, that's one of those things where the Reds right now are so loaded with talent that there are so many uh, really tough decisions that uh, the management's going to have to make. I mean, uh, right now we've got Shevler, Duvall, Winker, and uh, Hamilton all in the outfield, and, and which three are going to be the ones to play. And, and maybe maybe it's a thing where Shevler bounces around a little bit. I don't know. But uh, uh, my gut tells me that the Reds' ultimate lineup would have Winker as the number two batter, and then Votto, and then Duvall. And uh, if that's the case, it's, you know, what, what do you do between Shevler and Hamilton? And, and I don't know. Yeah, the, the, the truth of the matter is, um, with the four outfielders, uh, someone is an odd man out some way. And I, and I personally don't believe that it, that is Jesse Winker. I believe he is uh, destined to be in that outfield because it's been part of the long-term plan and he fits in need of what this team needs, which means either you're having one of these guys on the bench and it seems like Shebler, or you're trading either Adam Duvall, Billy Hamilton, and Scott Shebler. And I would argue that uh, I would trade whoever you can get the most value for. Uh, I believe that that person is most likely Scott Shebler, which may be surprising and counterintuitive to what a lot of people think, but I think it's because of the numbers you mentioned. I think it's because of his youth, and I think it's because um, of being a power-hitting left-handed hitter, which is something we have a surplus of. And so with with that, all that in mind, that's why, to me, he's kind of the odd man out. Um, on top of all of this, I hear exactly what you're saying, though, for Christmas uh, this year or your birthday, you want a Scott Shebler jersey. I will see if I can get one of our listeners to make <laughs> that happen. <laughs> I will make it happen. <laughs> and I expect you to wear it every time we record these things. So, uh, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, truthfully, my, my expectations for Shebler are that, um, that he will rotate around. Because he hasn't been traded, I, I think that he is going to be the one who rotates around because he can play any of those positions. He's actually the m- most versatile, to his credit, the most versatile between all four of the outfielders. And I think he will spell um, Winker. I think he will spell Hamilton. If if history is an indicator of the year, Hamilton usually gets hurt from playing so aggressively, which I, I hate that he gets hurt, but I love that he plays aggressively. That's that's a very Cincinnati thing to do um, and uh, and really endears him to fans and endears him to me. But uh, because of that, he always seems to have, you know, 20 to 40 games that he misses because of injuries and that kind of stuff. And it would be nice to have Scott Shebler in your back pocket to be out there and spell him, especially if he gets hurt or give him some days off more to rest or those mental days he needs to break from the, the many slumps that that uh, he can fall that, – that Hamilton can fall into, you know. Um, what was that Shebler number yeah, you said? Fun. Two for 45? Yeah, two after his injury in June third, two for forty five. Yes, yeah. that's rough. That must have been <laughs> that must have been painful to to go through. I go zero for three in softball, and I'm kicking myself. You know, I can't imagine two for forty five in the in the major league level. But yeah, and if that's and if that's affecting him at the plate, I almost wonder if we ran those same metrics. If that because he played so had so many like nice plays on defense, I almost wonder like if we went through if. Uh, 
that might show up in his defense as well after that June 3rd date. I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting thing to think about. I, I have no clue. I, I have, didn't even think to, to, to look into that, but uh, yep. uh, it would be interesting to see if, like, during that slump, I mean, a shoulder is a pretty important thing, <laughs> like whether you're playing defense or offense. So, yeah. I, especially I, if it's affecting you that poorly at the plate. I love how you're digging around to find uh, reasons to defend Because Shepler is going to be the MVP this year, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that better come up in a bold prediction before this season on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, um, what do you uh, – I think it's about time for our best case, worst case scenarios. Uh, what do you have for uh, Mr. Scott Shebby Shebler? Okay, so – Obviously, you know, we've got the, the whole uh, Shubler fan club thing going on here. <laughs> I'm going to go with the uh, best case is that uh, somehow he does get an everyday role in the, the outfield. Uh, how, however that happens, I'm not even going to predict. Uh, and ends up with an 850 OPS that he was flashing while he was healthy. And uh, hits those 40 home runs that he was on pace for before he got injured in uh, June. And that he also like kind of got back into at the end of the season. Uh, that's best case, and um, and and oddly enough, because of how amazing the Reds are going to be this season, he's not even going to be like one of the top two or three batters on the team, despite those amazing numbers. Um, worst case is uh, you know the obvious uh, that he ends up just playing a backup role and an amazing backup that uh, still might end up winning the MVP for the entire National League. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> the first but, ever bench player yeah. to win the MVP. <laughs> We're yeah, but, but as you mentioned, he is he's a super versatile um, player. And if you have a backup outfielder, I mean, you know, they've got that six-man award in the NBA uh, for, for basketball players to come off the bench. Shebler could be that uh fourth outfielder award winner uh for the Reds uh in twenty eighteen because uh not not because he's not a great player because obviously he is but uh <laughs> he uh he's just got so much other talent around him. I mean it's hard to imagine Winker not playing. Uh, apparently Hamilton's gonna be a red for life which means he needs to be playing and uh Duval is a thirty home run uh 100 RBI machine, so he has to be playing. So uh, Shebler, you know, could be just that great uh, fourth outfielder that if anything happens to any of the outfield uh, for the Reds, he can jump in and uh, produce for them. It is true. It'd be amazing to have that kind of flexibility and that kind of backup. It's like kind of handcuffing your uh... – your fantasy football team you know it's like you, you take the star running back but then you take the guy just behind him because you know he will come in and produce and so i i think with shevler that that's kind of the same thing we're definitely on the same page on these on these fronts while i'm not is uh is big a shevler guy uh my worst case scenario is is kind of in tune here uh, I, and i will say this up front i do believe that shevler will come out as the starting right fielder. I think Brian Price is going to name him the starting right fielder um, for the Reds, and I think he's going to slowly work Jesse Winker into it. Um, that is my guess. I just I, I find it hard I find it hard for managers to let 
the guys who had the position lose the position uh, unless they, they show something otherwise. And my worst case scenario for Scott Schebler is he comes out slumping and immediately loses his job to Jesse Winker, relegating Chevy to a, a like you said, fourth uh, outfielder bench role where he finds it hard to stay sharp because he's young and that's not his thing and ultimately maybe becomes the next Chris Heisey who I who could hit for power off the bench like that's what he did um I think that's the worst case scenario for Scott Shubler best case scenario is uh he's 27 he's hitting his prime years and he pushes he stays healthy and he pushes those totals to 40 homers and 100 RBIs out of the sixth spot in the lineup becoming a better Adam Duvall than Adam Duvall can become and I think that's kind of the best case scenario for Scott Schebler. And if that happens, then we should be in great shape in 2018 and beyond. And I'm really hopeful that if um, that with all the talent in the outfield, we're having an argument over who's the least productive and who's the odd man out when you have four guys who can probably produce at a high level just with different talents except for two guys who were surprisingly uh similar in Duval and Shebler. so I'll be interested to see how this plays out whichever way it plays out I hope it's only to benefit the Reds like you I want to see wins I think this is the year where they start to make strides and I I while I would likely be trading Scott Shebler out of this to clear up the log jam at the same time, if you have him on your bench and he's getting a, a decent amount of playing time through week through the rotation, I think um, this team will be better for it personally. That's my guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really incredible that the Reds are having to decide between which 30 home run corner outfielder is going to sit on the bench. I mean, it's... <laughs> there, there are so many major league teams right now that would love to... to to be able to count on one guy to hit 30 home runs uh, for their squad, but to have a surplus of 30 home run guys and, uh, you know, who are we going to sit? I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like you look at some of these, these arguments the Reds are going to be having this training, uh, this spring training, and, like, think, how how did the Reds only win sixty something games last year because uh, the roster is so stacked? It's, it's great great problem to have. It is a great problem to have. Anyway, thanks to everybody out there for listening today. We really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, definitely rate us on iTunes and share with your friends. And stay tuned for more of the Bleeding Cincy Red podcast best case worst case scenario spring training edition where we focus on different reds players uh on the 2018 roster and a special thanks to our all-time favorite red barry larkin for listening i'm sure he's tuned in somewhere though it sounds like maybe robert's shifting over to scott shebler just saying (laughs) anyway thanks for listening go reds (laughs) 